In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, it's goulash. You know what goulash is? A mix of everything. Yeah, it's a goulash. It's a mix of everything. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, the Q-Dog, in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Honey, what's up with you? Not much. That's a lie. There's some autism for you, if you can <laughs> hear that. Yeah, so today um, we're going to have open discussion about just life in general. We're going to do a catch-up episode where we kind of catch up with one another, talk about everything that's going on in our life, and have some marriage therapy. And that's probably what I'm going to title this episode if I don't come up with something a little more catchy, but that's where it is. There's a lot going on. Um, There's always a lot going on with us, but we're in the throes. We're uh, June, July, August, September... I don't really count June, though, because no. it, we, it's when we moved. So July, we're going into our fourth month. August, September. Here we go in our fourth month um, as we've relocated our family to Texas. Uh, and it has been quite it's been quite an ordeal. A lot of positives, lots of positives, um, some drawbacks. But uh, you're going to get that. Wherever you are. When we were in California, there were some positives, but the drawbacks continued to mount. So what's going on in your life, honey? What's what's top of mind for you? Um, on which topic? Anywhere. You, look, you start anywhere, and we'll just talk through it. There's life going on for everybody, for these listeners. All around the world, there is life happening. I just want them to hear from you that... There's crap going on, but there's there's good. There's good as well. I was gonna say we just. I guess I would start with saying we we had our first girls' night get together, which we haven't been able to do in I don't know how well since we left California. When we left California, we had a couple of people come over and visits and whatnot, just because we were leaving and it was getting close to time. But prior to that, we really hadn't had anybody over. The kids hadn't had friends over for quite a while. Yeah, because of the COVID stupidity. And we were the family that, like, we always did big Halloween parties. We did big Christmas parties for just the kids. Um, I mean, we would have 40-plus people, not our own, in our house playing games and doing stuff. And we, we haven't been able to really do – I mean, even having someone over for a movie just seemed like a chore. And um, so this past weekend, Hocus Pocus 2 came out. And we decided it's tradition for us, for me and the girls. We watch Hocus Pocus and all the Halloween movies in order. It's a thing. Um, I don't watch the scary crap. I watch the Disney stuff. So, yes, I am a loser, but that's okay. I'm okay with this. I don't like the scary stuff. Dad's for the scary movies. So, we ended up, um, it was supposed to be just us girls and their Aunt Melly, and we decided the girls had been talking about meeting a few people at school and making some new friends. So, I just said, well, let's open it up. And why don't you guys invite a couple of friends over and let's see, you know, watch Hocus Pocus 1 and 2 back to back. We'll make a girls night out of it. The guys will go and have boy time with Uncle Josh and play video games or whatever. And, you know, we'll see where this goes. 
so we did. Um, I spent the whole day decorating the house and, you know, little stuff. But I like to make a memory out of it. I like to make an event out of it so that when they look back on it, they remember the small details and it's important to them to connect those things later in life. They're going to need it. Yeah, it was also it's also been a, a challenge for them as they were coming into a new place to figure out how and where they were going to find friends. So I mean that was a that's a big plus. I think they struggled with if I find new friends, do I have to get rid of my old ones? And since we're not around the people in California anymore, they still talk to them, but there's not that same connection because you're not seeing them every day at school or you're not, you know, doing things together. And we're I think some of them are still struggling with they do things differently here. So they see themselves as different. Um, but they invited three girls over. They all three showed, which the dad in itself, we had a 100% show. <laughs> That's never happened in the history of Moran's. Um, they all sat around. They talked. They chatted. I, one of the moms texted me, and she has the same um, the same values that I do. I want to know who your friends are. I want to know who the families are. I want to know where you're at. Yeah. What you're doing. So I explained to her, you know, we do this a few times a year. We usually have a Halloween party. We're going to skip that this year. We're probably going to wait till we have our own house and, you know, can settle a little bit more before we can do that stuff. But this is what we do. We like the kids to come here and we like to hang out and kind of watch them interact. I watched our twins who for the last two or three years have become so introverted. <coughs> Excuse me cough button um mm. both of them sat and had conversations with people and joked around and laughed and i mean we had three different groups of conversation going on at one time while the movie's running because you know we've all seen hocus pocus one we really didn't care it was just background noise but one time is more than enough for me oh shut up party pooper so we had all this conversation going on and i listened to what they were talking about and how they were interacting and i saw glimpses of our girls before pandemic, before shunt revision, before, you know, all the crap that was kind of going on around them where it shut them all down and made them skeptical of people. And it was really nice to just kind of stand back and let them be and watch what they did with it. A couple of them have already made plans. Joe's made plans to go with her friend and do two or three things that they've already got lined up in their head. Fia's uh, just asked this morning, hey, since we're not really going to do anything for Halloween, can I go hang out at my friend's house? They're going to watch scary movies and hand out candy. She's not that kid. So prior to being here, it was always, well, can we have people over? She doesn't like to be in other people's space. It's uncomfortable for her. Mm -hmm. That was a huge ask. I, that's why I thought about it for a second. I was like, well, we usually do Halloween together. And I was like, you know what? No. She wants to step out. Mm -hmm. and try something new and kind of break her comfort zone. That's the whole point of what we're trying to do here. Yeah. I, I want them to step out and live and start doing things again and not feel like I can't do this because I have a shunt or I can't do this because it brings out my anxiety or I can't do this because, you know, I, it's not my normal group of people. I want them to just try something new. Yeah. And it's it's very important to get yourself uncomfortable. And especially when, you know, since early on in 2020, the world 
was shut down and you know at first it's like okay i understand this there's not a lot known but then especially where we were it kept things shut down for an unnecessary amount of time and it did damage it did a ton of damage well, to the kids. To be fair, Sophie was shut down before that because Sophie had been going to uh, middle school and three weeks into it, her shunt failed. True. And then she had to go through surgeries and she had some episodes at school with her um, headaches and whatnot. And she was, in her mind and the way she describes it, she's labeled as the sick kid because when she came back after the surgery, um, people just treated her different. They didn't understand and so she kind of got a little self-conscious being around people. She felt uncomfortable. There were things she couldn't do yet because it's a brain surgery. You don't just jump back into things right away. Sometimes you have to take your time to regain yourself and your confidence. And then she wa- she came home for home hospital because she, it, the shunt wouldn't – it wasn't working properly. For about two years, we were going through some mm-hmm. stuff to get her situated. And she was more comfortable staying home than going to school because she had to miss so much time and she felt like she was missing lessons and then the way people were treating her she just didn't feel comfortable then you tack on top of that covid and all the stuff that was going on there and then everybody else comes home and now everybody's going through this stuff. she didn't know what to do with herself and once we got here she was the same way like the first day of school she texted me because she forgot to take her anxiety meds and it's, it's for anxiety but it's also for seizures and she flipped her crap because I forgot my meds. What am I going to do? I mean, she went into full panic. It's like, okay, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Just wait it out. You're only taking them an hour late. It's not going to hurt anything. But when I went to go take her her meds, I mean, she was pale and sweaty and just really, really worried. Well, I mean, was that the was that her worried about the potential of having a seizure? Or I think what? it was. I think it was because everything was new. I think it was because this was a big step. That was her first day at um, helping with cross country as a manager. It was her first day of getting up at Odark 30 to go to school. It was her first day of new campus, new teachers, new everything. And then I think part of that in the back of her mind was, okay, but I missed my meds. What if I have a seizure? Now, she won't have a seizure if she misses her meds. We know this. It, it's not like if, if she takes her dose late, it's not going to hurt her. Yeah. But I think all of that just kind of combined made her extra anxious and nervous. And so after about an hour and a half, she mellowed out. And and it took her a couple of days to kind of get in the swing of things. Now, things have been different here. (laughs) You know, lockdowns are different. Response time to fights in the cafeteria are very different. Mm -hmm. Um, All the schools are indoors here. Where we were in California, everything was outdoors, so that it was widespread and you have places to go. Here you don't, which has its benefits because it means it's shut down a lot faster. Um, but I think I think watching them Friday night, it was like, okay, they're starting to accept this as home. They're starting to accept this as our new place, mm-hmm. and they're kind of, they're finding their people. Like the girl that JoJo was hanging out with, they're both um, working with a group of special needs kids. That's one of their elective classes. And it fits perfect because that's our home life. This is something that's just natural with JoJo. She's really, really good with special needs kids. So to have someone who shares that interest and has that same compassion towards people and doesn't 
judge walking into your house because they don't know what they're walking into. I think it made her feel a little more at ease just kind of being herself, you know. Kiki was there in in full autistic glory. <laughs> Mm-hmm. on Friday night. I mean, she was jumping in and talking to people and she was happy and giddy and she loves watching Halloween movies with us. So, you know, she was all about being in everybody's business, literally. So it was a good time. It's, it's for me, it's promising. Yeah. I, well, and that's the thing is that it's been a long standing principle of mine to assess the areas where you're uncomfortable and then to figure out a plan to address those places where you're not comfortable to grow to grow you to stretch you and i i lead by example i do that first and then do you as a father like dad's listening do you know do you have your kids located like where what what kind of interactions and conversations are you having with your children to know what you know what is what are the areas where you're not comfortable and how can i help or assist you or challenge you in growing now i'll tell you there's a wrong way to do it mm-hmm. which i've done there's a right way to do it um and i think the right way for us at least in the experience that i have have had in the in the ones that i've used is to uh you know ask the questions about where are you comfortable? Where are you uncomfortable? And why? Um, so you can kind of challenge yourself first. And then say, okay, well, this makes you uncomfortable. Um, are you happy about that? And if you're like, mm, I, I don't really care. It doesn't bother me. Or I don't want to be this way. It's just the way I am. Well, shoot, you know, right there. It's like, okay, well, how can we challenge or stretch you? to be able to to grow through or grow over this. And, you know, the one of the things that might be a silly example, but for years, Gracie was terrified of a kush ball. <laughs> and she, at one point, like we went through the process of, okay, you're terrified, yes. Why? I don't know. Well, do you like being this way? No. So how are we going to fix it? I don't know. And then eventually you start to work with your child and stretch them to the places where they're not so comfortable until one point, you know, they drum the courage up to take a step forward. And before you know it, a fear has been overcome. And like I say, it's a koosh ball, but she was... She thought it was alive when she was really, really small. I think she was less than two years old. She used to think those things were alive like spiders, and it just freaked her out oh yeah yeah and so you know for Sophia speaking in front of people when since she was very young I used to make the kids get up make up stories um, pick up where you know if child one started a story child two went and picked up and like added their part of the story Mm -hmm. I wanted to to like prepare them because you're gonna at some point have to public speak and Sophia is you know she's one that like hard coaching if you will or like aggressive build you up fire you up is not that doesn't work for her no she's she's more like me she's gotta she needs to be questioned you have to pose questions with her 
and then make her kind of think it through on her own and then present her with ways to, okay, well, let's try this. Yeah. Or what if we, what if we, we, these are two options. Which one do you want to try? You know, you, you, but you have to put it in a a perspective of instead of, um, you know, for lack of a better term, Tony Robbinsing it, where you're just like in your face, full high energy. This is what we're going to do. She is not that kid. But um, if you can get her to think about something and rationalize it for herself and determine, you know, you have two options. We can go this far or we can go this far. What do you want to do? And then she'll weigh it out and say, okay, if we go this far, we're only going halfway. You don't have to do the whole thing. You just got to go halfway. Or we can just go full boat. What do you want to do? Well, let's go halfway and see how I feel. Okay, cool. But at least you're getting progress out of her. Mm-hmm. Um, but public speaking has all, I mean, just froze the kid. Yeah, and, and so I, it's, it's, it's incredibly important for you as a father to understand. Now, mom, in our relationship, in our home, mom has a pretty solid bead on everybody and their personalities and their makeup. All but one. Um, <coughs> I'm still learning that one. She changes daily. Yeah. Well, <coughs> she has a, uh, first of all, I'm learning that I still hate not having a cough button for I'm you. I'm sorry. It's something, something that has to do with you and podcasting that there's some kind of just mechanism that goes off where you got to cough all the freaking time. Um, so with that, it's like you, like for Sophia, you can offer, you know, her options or suggestions, um, and help her work herself into mm-hmm. a particular mindset. Now with Mo, you can, you know, look at it and go, well, you know. Do this, do this, do this, do this. Got it. And she's like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to go for it. Now there's still areas, even for myself, for yourself, where you're uncomfortable. But I'm telling you, you know, I've said for years um, when this was revealed to me at some time in prayer that, you know, awareness is truly, truly a weapon and you can use it for the good to conquer. You can use it on yourself to tear yourself down. So wherever you're where are your kids uncomfortable? Husbands, where is your wife uncomfortable and how can you I'm not I'm not even giving you the idea to say go fix your wife or fix your kids. They're, they are each of them as individuals are the ones that have to make a decision. That's why I said I would ask the question, okay, this is where you are. Are you happy about that? And then how can we? How can we challenge ourselves to stretch? Let's go do what's uncomfortable. And um, it's always a let's or a we. <clears throat> when it comes to the kids, it's never, well, this is what you need to do. It's always what can we do or let's try so that there's a sense of I'm with you in this. I'm not I'm not just going to tell you what to do and let you go. I'm going to do this with you and I think that makes a big difference, especially with a kid like Sophie that's like when they're just learning something and they're coming out of a really uncomfortable situation like surgeries and things like that, knowing that she's not by herself makes a huge difference even now wanting to um manage cross country. She talked JoJo into doing it with her <laughs> so she wouldn't be by herself. But next year she's going to do it whether JoJo does it or not. Yeah. it's She She <laughs> will get – when you start talking about just life or stuff or things, and it's like, well, have you considered this? Or 
what do you think about this? And, you know, she was the one that said, I want the real high school experience. I want to go. Mm-hmm. Well, then nature had a way of kind of shutting that down. But she's back at it. Now, what is one thing that we're all trying to get used to? And that's the demand on this schedule, because this schedule is so much different than what was going on in California. I mean, before you know it, it's Monday. You blink your eyes. It's Friday. You blink your eyes and it's Monday again. <laughs> like everything is so full. So, you know, I'm concerned about our family burning out. And I know this I know this schedule is temporary because, you know, the cross country and the Saturday track meets and football season, et cetera. Um, so I I know there's probably another season behind <laughs> I that. I was going to say there is um, track starts right after. But you won't necessarily country. couple that with football season. But then it's going to be hockey season, and then it's going to be baseball season. So, you know, one thing that happened in you know the COVID time when I, I watched that uh, uh, Kevin Hart documentary about how he was building his organization, and it's like work harder, just go freaking work harder, which I'm a I'm a believer in. But we haven't. You know, we haven't planned and stuck to a weekend where it's like this is a do nothing weekend. We need to invest in relaxation. And that's because there's no you're not home. So the only time that we have to get family stuff done or household things done is the weekend. (coughs) You know, because we've got the, the deal right now is. None of the working kids work on the weekends, except Ashlyn has the exception to the rule because Saturday class, she runs the class. But driving one person to and from work on Saturday for two hours is a lot easier than trying to rotate six people all week long. So weekends are the only time we really have to say, okay, well, they want dad time. They want Bible study. They want to go, you know, we've got to get grocery shopping done. We've got to get this stuff done in the yard because of HOA. We've got to get, you know, our to-do list has to happen when you're here. I mean, uh, our two two of our older girls (coughs) bought Jeannie and I a pool table. And it's a sweet. Yeah, (laughs) it's so sweet, too. They they went above and beyond and bought Alabama uh, pool ball set, pool cues. But that particular room has got to be addressed and, you know, like the boxes have got to be resorted into to plastic containers. And we still, I mean, we're still doing our calendar <laughs> on the fly. We're not, we're not being faithful to what we said we would do and have calendar like Sunday meetings, calendar meetings. Well, I'm still doing my calendar on Sundays and making sure that everything gets written on paper and it's in my phone and it's connected to yours, but we are not actually sitting down to say, okay, this is what's coming up this week. Correct. Mainly because your week changes on a daily. You might have plans to go out of town on Tuesday and come Monday night. It's like, hey, that shifted. I'm not going. I'm going to do this instead. And then that changes. Either way, we still oh, I know. we still need to <laughs> sit. And we. St- I'm tired of saying we need to. We just need. We just have to do it. Like even tonight. Get all the kids in the kitchen with us and let them hear us talk about our calendar. Because it for us... Having a family of 10, this is like a small business. Yeah. And we're, there are areas where we can improve. Um, I'm, I'm working through uh, an additional podcast idea. You are working through, um, you know, figuring out when you're going to get your novel done. 
we have hockey games coming. We have celebrations we're trying to plan. The holidays are on the way. Kids taking vacations. Kid, Older kids going on, uh, flying out of state for trips. And so it, at some point, you know, we're either we're either going to start implementing these things so that we have a better grasp. So what if, if things change? I mean, that's part of life. But at least we have, like, we have each other's undivided attention and we're having a calendar talk. And then it's not like while I'm driving, we're talking calendar when I have to keep the focus on the road or you're driving or I'm working on the computer from the hotel and we're on FaceTime. It's like we're in front of each other, present in the moment, 30 minutes of this is all the time we have. Let's knock the calendar thing out um, and then plan date night and plan daddy-daughter dates, etc., and so forth. And then plan, throw in some nights like where the kids actually do get some kind of a break as well because they're, they're running hard. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're running hard. I'm running hard. They're running hard. And autism is really putting a strain on the entire family. It's very difficult right now. I think a lot of the autism, though, is if you notice this morning as an example, <coughs> you had people at the table having a conversation. I walked in on the conversation. And the tension in the room was enough to switch my mood. I woke up in a good mood this morning. I came downstairs, and that good mood went right out the window. And two things happened. One, the two that should have been handled right away were not handled right away. And that, to me, it's kind of, it should be an automatic. These two people can't take care of themselves. So if they're awake, two things need to happen. Their meds and breakfast. True, but you're a parent. Agreed. And, and, but and I'm a parent, and they're, and the kids are not a parent. Agreed, but that doesn't mean that they don't know that this is an everyday thing. It's like the other night. Well, I didn't know you wanted me to make them dinner. You're babysitting them in the evening. Why would I not want you to make them dinner? That that's a no brainer thought process. And I'm not I'm not saying it because I'm I'm cutting on anybody. I'm just saying these two people can't do this for themselves. It's a known fact in this house. They cannot pour a bowl of cereal without being helped or monitored and they were sitting on the couch doing absolutely nothing but arguing with each other Mm -hmm. and he was pissing her off on purpose but everybody at the table was nitpicking and snapping at each other about things and taking shots at each other and you know one in particular at the table is just getting hammered from all sides and i get it she's she's not doing what she's supposed to be doing and people are tired of covering for it i understand that but then it became all on one. So now all the tension in the room is just like this. When you walk in, everything's vibrating, and it's like, oh, my gosh, I don't even want to be down here. I don't want to be down here. I don't want to be around you people. I made one comment, and I got snapped at for yelling. I wasn't yelling in the slightest. But it sounded like you were. It sounded like you were shouting, even though you were in the cabinet and you were talking. But in all fairness right now, uh, a majority of the time, whenever, whenever you are replying or addressing somebody, it's in beast mode for some reason. Because that's what the house is. 
they're constantly attacking each other right now. Everybody is tired and grumpy and bitchy, and they're all going at it. And it's like this little click is hammering this one person because of the room and the situation and all that stuff. And they are on her 24-7. And then you have this little click, and they are like hit and miss. If Mo wakes up in a good mood and she's got her stuff going, you're good to go. If something shifts, she's like me, dude. You throw a speed bump at this kid, you're done. She, she just shuts down and stops. And it takes her time to process through it. But if you're coming at her or asking her things while she's processing through it, she comes out pretty sharp. Well, there was only, <coughs> I mean, we, we were having a good time talking about a lot of things at the table. We had just discussed one situation that was going to be changing. And so there was one hostile actor. And then Gracie was kind of antagonizing a little bit. But there there was nothing that was that was so intensified that I could even pick up on. But if you notice when that stuff's happening, his scripting gets louder. And then he starts throwing it at people. You like Alvin. Alvin's the bad guy. You like this and this is that. That's when he starts getting like at people. He starts pointing and he was doing it to Kiki. Okay, well, the one person in this house you do not want to antagonize on purpose is Kiki. Because she doesn't have the verbal capabilities to spar back and forth. But she does have the physical capabilities to smack you down. And she doesn't apologize for it. So I just noticed there, the two of them on the couch, they were both getting more and more and more. And it's like they're feeding off of what's going on in the house. It's just like them watching TV. They can't watch certain things because they can't process it out. It's the same as watching us in a conversation. If our, if we're grumpy or we're snappy or even one person, and I know we can't control all of that, but it's something to be aware of in the moment, okay? He's picking up on this argument, and so now he thinks he needs to be argumentative because that's what's happening around him. You and your brother bantering back and forth and playing around. What does Hunter do? He jumps in and starts bantering because he wants to be part of what's going on. It's what he sees. It's not a bad thing. It's just something to be aware of. I think that's why these two have been so off this week because these kids have been, everybody's been nitpicking and snappy and a couple of them don't feel good. And so the, the house is just really, really off. And then with my parents just leaving on Monday, which throws these two off because they were here for 10 days and where'd they go? They don't understand they came to visit. He still doesn't understand he's in Texas. So... I think a lot of those things are what kind of tipped autism to chaos this week. But in the middle of going through it, I wasn't paying attention to what was going on around them. I was paying attention to how it was affecting me because we weren't sleeping. And me not sleeping is not healthy for anybody because I get really grumpy really fast. I mean, everybody <coughs> does. But, you know, if you're if you're saying that their actions are a byproduct of what's going of like the energy in the house i would agree with that i think and it is. so how because we're not settled so why would they be yeah i mean i'm so how do we address that how do we work on that as a family i mean i'm having i'm having family talks but since since you have brought that up and that you know we're aware of that which it's something we know 
It's just with all the noise, well, we're not yeah, paying attention moment, to that. You don't so always catch it. That's probably something that we, not probably, that is something that we need to talk to everybody about. Not that, not that I want everything to revolve around autism, but there's, it's some, like some place is like, okay, how do we, how can we get this to where it's like everything doesn't have to cater to this situation, but there are things that we can do intentionally that kind of bring balance to the situation. But if you're mindful of it, it's, I'm not saying it has to cater to it, but if we're mindful of it and we can see, okay, Hannah and I are going to, are having a heated conversation and Hunter and Kiki are in the living room and there's two other people come into the room. If they see that this is a heated conversation and Hunter and Kiki are getting kind of antsy, can one of you take them up to their room, put something on that's more their speed and get them away from what's happening? Well, how about, how about <coughs> this? I just cut you off. My apologies, but how about if you need to have, like if you're in an argument or you need to go at it, then how about y'all remove yourself? That's true, but I'm, uh, it works both ways. Sure. I'm just saying, depending on what's happening, if we're all aware that this is what's causing or contributing to what's going on, then we need a family plan. Mm -hmm. If this is happening, I mean, look at what we were doing at uh, the race. Kiki was good until we, I mean, she wanted to walk. We walked her into the race, which she does not normally walk in public with a lot of people. She's not very good in crowds. She starts getting antsy. She tries to hurt me, which she did a couple times. But we kind of used us to barricade her from other people. And mm -hmm. eventually she toned down. To of course, it was closer to time for us to leave. But it took about what did you say, about a half an hour or so to get her to finally stop like all her screaming and her yelling. But every time we would start shouting at Mo or people around us were shouting for their runner, Kiki would sound off mm. and she would start screaming and she would start getting frustrated. And it's like, okay, she doesn't understand the intensity that's going on around her. We're, no one's yelling at each other. They're encouraging, but she doesn't, she doesn't know how to filter that. And I don't know that there's a way for us to teach her that. Well, there there is, and you don't teach it directly. You teach it indirectly by having her around that stuff more. And you know, walking her, walking her places is my own agenda. Walking her into the restaurant when we went to uh, the cafe is my agenda because I know part of part of the wheelchair is for her but sometimes part of the wheelchair is for us but if we if we don't start walking her places um i don't think she's going to progress walking her is not my problem it's maintaining and controlling her physically in the situation well that's why i do this when i'm with you i know not asking you to do it but on i mean own. look at the difference in in the first baseball game we went to and this last game we went to with my mom Kiki was, uh, she wasn't all over the TV. Now, the first time we went, she was watching her movie on a, on a phone. The next time we went, she watched it for part of the time. It got littler, like less and less. This last time, she wasn't watching TV. She was eating her snacks and laughing and playing, and we were all kind of goofing around. She actually got into what was going on. When people started screaming and doing the wave and stuff, she didn't freak out. But it took us four games. Mm-hmm. To get her to the place where, oh, this is not bad yelling. This is not bad. 
it took a while to get her over that. That's why I'm saying with the house, the way that it is right now, because there were, you know, one's not feeling, we've got two not feeling well, dealing with allergies and colds or whatever the heck it is. We've got one that's been trying to take time off her family, can't get coverage for her job. So she's upset because she's putting herself out there for people, but they're not reciprocating. And so she is struggling with the, I'm back in the five and 50 situation. I'm willing to help others, but they're not willing to help me. And then we've got one that's getting ready to go through a promotion, but at the same time, she's making life choices that we don't agree with. Mm -hmm. And we're at a crossroads there. So there's a little bit of tension there, too, because we don't know what that situation is going to become. The three little ones have, for this week, it's just been, their schedule was just slammed. Yeah. And this coming week is the same thing because we're going to be helping with the carnival and homecoming and stuff. So they're just tired, grumpy, not, you know, like fighting, but they're, they're just tired. And so there's, they're snappy and they're short. I get it. I'm the same way. Kiki and I are going to sleep at three o'clock in the morning and our day starts at 6 a.m. It is what it is. You know, the, the first night you came home is usually our night to have dinner with the kids. And then you and I have our time together and we relax and we talk. And it's like, you've been gone for two days. Let's, let's get caught up. I was out. It's like, oh, you're home. I can actually shut down now and I don't have to be half asleep and half awake. I can go to sleep. And I did. <laughs> but then I'm missing time with you. So it's kind of like. Maybe if we could figure out a way to, I don't know how to calm the energy in the house. I really don't. But it's something that we need to address and see how we can all help out. Because the more it affects those two, the bigger it becomes in the house. And I don't want it to cater to just them. But if we're mindful of it, then it's like, ooh, he's all of a sudden he is going off on people and he's being rude and he's being mean. Okay, what's going on around him? What did he just walk through that, and it could be a movie that he's watching and they're acting that way. I know it's a lot to ask, and maybe it's more for you and I to pay closer attention to, Mm -hmm. but if the other kids are aware of it, it will make them aware of things at school and others around them too, because people are reacting off of what's going on around them rather than responding to what's going on around them. Yeah, we're not also, we're not getting a lot of consistent family time because Mm -hmm. of the people's work schedule. So uh, there again, it's, you know, it comes up where the calendar talk and us figuring out what nights, you know, we're going to cut the TV off and sit for an hour as a family and just be together with no electronics, maybe some music because we all love music, but to sit and talk and chat and just, I don't know, Maybe it's like a game night, maybe some LCR and some dice or something. That's true. We can do that too. But I'm like a, almost like a, an, a, how was your day? Air the grievances. Let's talk about life type deal. We need to work one mandatory night a week in for that because we, we are all balls to the wall, all of us. Um, and things, there's no, the only thing certain for Hunter and Kirsten right now is uncertainty because they're at home and they're leaving and they're at home. And then Grammy and Papa shows up or Aunt Jamie's here and she's gone. And 
so we've got others coming the next few months too. So w- really for us, it's it's sitting down to talk as a family, and then c- kind of reassessing where we're at and and asking, uh, you know, kids to locate them and maybe trying like yesterday on the way to Josh's house. Um, I just started asking Hunter random questions, uh, mainly because his scripting is is out of control. But I just started asking him questions. Hunter, where does um, where do plants come from? Hunter, where where do dogs come from? And you know the things that he didn't have a direct answer for. He was like the world. They come from the world. Where do the birds come from? Uh, the sky where does the cow come from the farm just asking him you know all those types of things because I really want to have a conversation with my son you know and you can tell with him the scripting bothers him but he can't stop it it's an obsessive type thing (coughs) so it's it's very important I think we take a look at what we're doing but then also pick a night and it probably has to be a Sunday night like before we come up and watch our show together, uh, where it, it'd be great if it was a night during the week, but if Hannah works until 10, we're not going to be able to do it. Hannah's Hannah's work schedule has shifted. She's going to be uh, 2 to 10 at least three days a week now because she's covering closing shift. So then what we'll need to do is, I- and does that match up with the nights that I'm not traveling? So we it's tough. It's we got a tough road ahead of us, but at some point, you know, as, I, as I'm getting the girls up to speed on driving, that will kind of bring another like another layer of concern but also another layer of freedom at the same time but that also gives you an opportunity because when you're taking them to drive in a parking lot or whatever for a few minutes of just the two of you that's a good conversation time too because you're teaching them but you're also driving there and back or whatever it's kind of a that's what I've been doing when I'm taking them to work Um, I'm asking questions when it's just me and one other person in the car, I'm asking questions. You know, when when we're talking about the trips that the girls want to take, have you thought about this? What are your plans for that? You know, talking about school, you talked about you want to go online school in January. Have you looked into that yet? Have you started the application process? Where are you in this? Like, what are you doing? You keep telling me I want to do this. What steps have you taken? Where are you? And then it's point blank and some of them are you expecting me because you're saying this is what you want to do are you expecting me to do the work for you to find out what you need to do because that's not on my calendar and a couple of them it was actually an eye-opener to go oh it's like no it's not my responsibility to figure out how to get your financial aid Mm -hmm. it's not my responsibility to find out what it's going to cost for you to have car insurance it is not my responsibility to look these things up for you. You have plans for your life. That's all well and good. But if your plan doesn't have details, mm-hmm. it's a dream. There's no actual plan. This is a dream. These are the things I see for my life. Well and good. What does it look like? I'm glad that you know what it looks like. How are you getting there? Mm-hmm. And they just stare at me like, well... You and dad were going to help me. I will help you. I will not do for you. Mm-hmm. You're at that place now that this is not my responsibility anymore. You want to be an adult. Welcome to being a grown-up. Yeah. 
you know, and it's not because I'm trying to be harsh or rude or I don't want to be there for them. It's simply you have been reliant on me for a long time. Mm -hmm. And now it's time that you understand these three people are now very reliant on me. But these three people, like just saying, I'm taking them to college night. I need you guys to babysit Hunter and Kiki. I'm taking these three to a college night. We're going to go look at colleges, grab some information. Do Those three girls got into that college night and had no clue what they were supposed to do. They didn't know what questions to ask. They didn't know what schools were there. Th I mean, it was just a crowd of people. Mo was the only one that was like, I want military. Okay, cool. She hit every military table. After that, it was like, well, there's these long lines, and we don't know, and I, I can't, you know, we have to wait just to say hello and get a pamphlet, and you can't just walk up and grab something because there's people in front of you. And they didn't know what to do with themselves. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. But that was my point. This is your, your sophomore and your junior year. Okay. We did this as an experience to find out what this night was about, what was, what was the information presented, what do you want to know. Okay. Immediately, Mo goes into, I'm going to ask my colonel. Colonel's done, Mo wants to do two different militaries. Okay, mm -hmm. colonel has done that. So she went to him and asked him questions. Now she has an action plan and she has someone who is willing to answer whatever questions. And he was like, these are the things that you need to look at. These are the things, come to me. Before you do something, come to me and ask me. Perfect. The other two are going back and forth. Sophie came home and said, I couldn't look at all the colleges, so instead I looked up colleges that have my major and that are within a certain area that she wants to be because she wants to be close to home. She wants to be able to live here and go to school. Mm -hmm. And um, she was like, so I narrowed it down by pros and cons on cost versus classes versus time, just different things that were important to her. Cool. Game plan. The older ones haven't done any of that and that you know grace was like well i wanted to go to a college night you had a college night in california you never told us about it so we didn't go if you would have told us hey i want to go do this we would have made preparations to do that for you now here you are and it's time for you to go to college and you're just kind of like well i want to do this okay cool how do you do it what do we need to do? What paperwork do we need to fill out? How can I help you? I don't know. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, there's a, there's actually a lot to take away from this, probably only for us and not for the listener, but just... Um, Welcome to our venting session. <laughs> well, for what I'm looking at is, um, so you know, we know, we know like, like everything, we, we know like the principles of what we're supposed to do we know the things we know the plans um and what it takes to make us successful we know all that the fact is, is that we don't always do it because we get distracted and we're right now we're distracted by learning how to settle into a brand new place so not that it's an excuse it's just reality that's what it is and i we've lost some of our mindfulness as a family like family-wide we've lost some of our mindfulness we're yeah. still we're still mindful towards one another or certain people are mindful towards this girl or that girl or whatever. But overall, as mom and dad, some of our mindfulness 
has kind of gotten off. Now, look, you're you're saying, you know, the party was a success. Obviously, you're still being mindful in areas. Well, I'm here's how I see things right now. And maybe this is just me. So if it if it comes out ugly. We'll figure it out. But we're all together, but we are so separated right now Mm -hmm. that that's why I did the Hocus Pocus night. This is a tradition. Traditions are important to me. Keeping our kids together is important to me. And knowing who they're with and who they hang out with is very important to me because who you're with changes a lot of things about you. It could be good. It could be bad. I want to know who they are. Mm Mm-hmm. You are, although you're home and you're working, you are in a separate life all your own right now because you know the areas that you work better than you know your own town. You have a whole group of people that you work with that you talk to and you talk about all the time. I have no clue who these people are. Mm -hmm. That was never the case before. You worked close to home. I always I knew most of the people. There were a few people I didn't know, but majority of them I had either met or I knew. Here it's not like that. That mm-hmm. is your own separate life. And it's awkward. Yeah. And then when you're here, it's like when we're driving somewhere, I'm automatically I'm thinking, okay, cool, he knows where he's going. That's like, babe, you gotta tell me where we're going. I forget. You're here, but you don't live here. Like you're you're gone a lot. <coughs> Even when you're in Dallas, you're still gone a lot. And it's not a dig at you. It's simply, it's separate from what's happening here. The three older ones all have their own jobs and things that are going on. And now, you know, they're they're trying to make plans for things. But I don't think they really know what life is, is ahead of them when they make these plans. Mm-hmm. And it's a new territory for us because you want to go off and go out of state by yourself. Where are you going to stay? Who are you going to be with? Who and these are people they never introduced us before, mm-hmm. but these are people they were hanging out with the whole time. And I'm thinking the things I do know about these people, I'm not okay with. Mm-hmm. And this is where my kid wants to flock to. <laughs> I'm struggling between the part of what part of parent and authority do I still have in this situation? And what part of you're an adult, you make your own money, you're buying your own way. We've always told them, you pay for it, it's yours. I'm regretting that in some areas right now. But the others, like, Hannah is completely lost. And I don't know how to help her because she won't listen or allow us to help her. She wants to do it her own way, but her own way is doing nothing. And she's making enemies just because she won't try. And I don't know how to fix that. Mm-hmm. You know, Ash is doing great, but she is content and mediocre right now. I'm hoping that changes. I don't know how to change it. But these three are in their own transition of life. Not just the move, but just figuring their crap out. Yeah. And then the three little ones are... Very, very busy, but they're also, all of them, I want to try this, and I want to try this, and I want to try this, and I want to, which is all well and good. That's what I want for them. I'm trying to do the book. I'm trying to figure out how to manage everybody. Trying to keep these two 
somewhat in a routine. I tried to get him in a routine. The routine does not stick just because our schedules don't stick. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm struggling with my own stuff personally and emotionally. So I'm trying to sort through all that, too. It's like we are we are all in the same spot. But we are all in completely separate lives right now. And I don't know how we, I don't know if it's not, fix is not the right word. We're trying to adapt to that. I mean. Yes and no. I don't want everybody in their own all the time because then there's no us. Well, it, d- it doesn't, it doesn't come back to us being us. Not, I'm not saying you and I, I'm saying us as a family. It doesn't come back to that. Because the next phase of of their lives. No, I get I I get all that. I get all that. What do you get? They're going to have their own life, and they're going to get they're they're going to the point of doing their own things. I understand all of that. Okay. But you have a separate life. They all have a separate life. Now I have my separate life. That is the weirdest transition ever for me. Well, it. Uh, I know you're saying that I have a a separate life, and I'm I'm trying to to digest that. I mean, I I I had something similar in California when I started this new role because I was traveling up and down the state. Um. But I mean, even like even in California when I was managing, um. That's close to home relative to what I do now, you know, mm-hmm. to, to the traveling I do now, but. It was still, you know, quite a distance away. But you were home at night when you managed. That's you were home every night when you managed. It it's not the traveling. It's it's not a problem with the traveling. The traveling I don't mind because honestly, I kind of like the time by myself at night a couple nights a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten a, I've adapted to those are the nights that if I know because those two don't sleep anyway, so I'm up all night anyhow. Um, those are the nights that I'll spend reading or you know, doing the things that I do for myself because I'm not taking away time from us. So what, but it's like, what's the, I saw the emotion in it that it was, that that was bringing out in you. So what is like, what's the ugly way to say what that fear is? It's not a fear. What is it? If you could put your finger on it, what is it? I'm not afraid of it. It's like, I don't know. It's like everybody's doing different stuff. And then when we're together, we're not together. Because it's arguing, it's bantering, it's trying to figure shit out. But it's not together. That's why I was like, the traditions are important. I have to keep those. Now, is this is this you and I, or is this family? Or is it both? It's family. You and I am not... I'm not worried about you and I. I'm sure we've got stuff we still got to get through, but I don't really think, I mean, we're not in a bad way. There's nothing, I mean, we're not fighting. There's nothing like that. It's just time away and trying to figure out what our, like, date nights and that kind of stuff look like. But that's not anything. I mean, it can wear on you because one one of the things that we did for such a long time that, like, I don't want to say it re-solidifies our marriage because I I feel we're very solid in our relationship, but 
it rekindles an intimacy and that's when we take a trip like we get yeah. away and that has not happened and there is so much there's so much happening now you know we did an episode like is it chaos or is it just life there's so much life happening with all the change and eventually we will because we're working at it eventually we will get to what's what our baseline is it's only been a few months you know yeah. what i'm saying it feels like a long time because we are running this freaking tank dry it doesn't feel like a long time to me it just feels like every day is running into the next there's no like stop and just enjoy yeah i mean I even the baseball game Stupid example, but it's the same. We go to a baseball game. I spend the first three innings getting everybody's food, drinks, whatever, to get everybody situated and settled for the game before I actually get to sit down and enjoy the game. Yeah, why did you do that? It's what I do every game. It's not what you have to do, though. I, I have those girls credit cards in their name for a reason oh i sent them with their credit cards in their name to go get stuff we went to four different concession stands to get everybody what they wanted right but here's the thing about baseball i mean we're going everywhere here the thing about baseball is you get in you get you get settled you let the game start and then you have nine innings to send people in little teams to go get treats that you want but we never do that understand we don't do that it's my job so i take care of it because no one else is going to jump up and volunteer to go do it that's bullcrap i i think i'm calling bullcrap on you who right fed there. the kids this morning it, that's not every day that's not that is not every day that's not every sunday either i'm not saying it's every sunday because but it is more often than you think it, she ruined her bed again this week why because the people who were supposed to take care of her did not do it properly. And she peed through everything. And then we had to clean it. And we had to take care of it. Why? Why is it so difficult? Because it wasn't me or it wasn't given a specific instruction. Hey, go do this. That's, that's what it amounts to. It's, I've created it because I, it's expected now. What's expected? If I don't do it or I don't tell someone specifically, it doesn't get done. It just doesn't. Hmm. It's not an all-the-time thing, but it's pretty consistent. Well, generally, every Bible study that uh, Mo and I have at the table, um, usually Hannah's the one that takes care of their breakfast, etc., on Sunday mornings. Well, I'm not saying just Sundays, honey. I'm saying in general. I'm saying in general. And this, in just this past week, she was put to bed without a pull-up. That never happens. I don't even know how that happened. Well, there's no guarantee she was put to bed without a pull-up because she could have taken it off. It wasn't in her room. That's okay. There's Mr. Grabby Hands that takes I'm picks just, up trash and I'm everything. I'm just giving you examples. She okay. was put to bed without a, a pull-up. She woke up that morning saturated and was let out to go downstairs to sit on the couch. She wasn't cleaned up or taken care of. 
And then the other night when they were supposed to be babysat so we could go out, I didn't know you wanted me to feed them. When do I not want somebody to feed them dinner? That's just a bonehead conversation. This morning we get up. They're both barking at each other. They haven't eaten yet. Well, yeah, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. They haven't eaten yet. Of course they're barking at people. They get up and they're fed usually by 7 a.m. daily. Meds or no meds, it's just a habit because I have to get their meds in them to get the day going. But if I don't do it or I don't say something about it, it doesn't happen. When we go places... I'm the person who does the who wants what, where are we going to get things, at concession stands, whatever. I've always done it. It's not a bad thing. I'm not mad about it. I'm just telling you, this is how it's been. I created this. I created this. I accept that. I'm not mad about it. But it's one of those things where it's kind of how everything seems to go right now is if it's not lined out in specifics it's just I'll do it I'll take care of it I'll handle it and if I ask people for stuff right now it's like well I have this okay I'll do it that's where we're at I know but I I guess the stupid question I want to ask is who else is going to do it it's who else is supposed to do it? I mean, that's what... It's not just with Hunter and Kiki. Okay. You just said, if we go to the games, that's what we have kids for. But then you also just said, who else is going to do it? That's my point. They don't just jump up and volunteer and say, hey, do you want us to go get the snacks? Can I have my card? I'll go take care of it. It's, mom, what are you going to go get? Can well, I I'm come with you? I'm more... Uh, we're You're bl- focusing more on Hunter and Kiki. That, and I, that's, I get that. That's the part that I'm looking at. No one else is going to do it. That's going to be my forever job. No one else is going to do it. That Right now, I have the luxury of having help. My luxury is limited. We'll put it that way. Well, I, I would say you have the benefit of having help, which is great. Um, and then like... As we move along this and we figure out what Texas has to offer when it comes to assistance, like, what's the name of the stuff where, like, somebody comes to the ha- respite, respite or whatever yeah. is there, then you'll have some you'll have some more benefit there. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, it's your freaking job, quit your whining. That's not what I'm going to say. When I'm whining about my job or whatever, you're not, you don't say, well, it's your freaking job. Shut up and quit whining. I, I'm empathizing with you because I wish, I wish nature was a little more kind <laughs> and that, you know, you had more freedom for you. Now, I don't, I don't necessarily know what the answer is. Um, when it comes to Hunter and Kiki, it's extremely difficult because you, it, it's, you're you're in a really hard place. Yep. And you know, I I would also look at that and say the kids do help a lot. Now, there are a group of the older kids. Ah, crap. Scratch that from the record. There's a group of kids that you have to give a lot of direction to. And then there's a group of kids that 
you say, okay, this is this is what I need. To, here's the box. This is what I need done. And they go in and take care of what's in the box. Like systematically they do it. Mm-hmm. The other group of kids is like, hey, take care of this box. And, oh, there's one thing on the outside of the box. They do the one thing without looking in the rest of the box that is like you have to hold their hand to get all those things done. And your your lifeline of support right now is that particular group. Yeah. Now, they do a lot, and they are very mindful of you. Like, just looking at, you know, Ashlyn is like, don't be here because this gift is showing up. Go have time for you. Go do your time. So they do that. Or, like, Gracie's mindfulness. Oh, I'll pay for mine and Kirsten's ticket. Um, I would say those two girls are doing things. Now, do you still have to spell it all out? Oh, yeah. You really do. Obviously, when they go to work, that's different. Things are happening over there. Like, they're actually doing what they've been taught. You know, the third player in that, that particular band, you are having to do what you do for the other two kids just to get... I mean, that is mind-numbing. So... I hate having to talk in code. I just don't want to put kids on blast. That That's all. But, yeah, when I'm saying, well, who else is supposed to do it, I'm talking about Hunter and Kirsten. But with the rest of the things, um, really, if we were to take a step back and go, okay, well, the way you do this one thing is the way you're doing all things. So how do we take a step back as a family? How do we talk about these things? How do we apply mindfulness how do we help with the atmosphere? What is it that you need? And can you ask for those things? And then can we all be mindful? And can we check in once a week as a family? For you to be vulnerable and say, hey, I'm struggling right now. And this is where I'm struggling. And these are the things that I appreciate you guys are doing. Doing this would help a little bit more. Because here's how I'm feeling about this. And it's hard. And I'm feeling isolated. I'm feeling alone. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling these things. And this is why. And some of it, I can't figure out why. But things are changing in our family. And it's killing me. And I don't know how to get it back to where it should be. But family. And you, know, I thoroughly believe that we will rally for each other. Because it's what we do. But right now, we're all so hyper-focused on what is going on in our own world that we're just trying to keep our head above freaking water. And that's why, like, this, it, the light went off. It's like we're not having these great family meetings we used to. It used to be a lot easier because nobody went anywhere, you know? <laughs> so there was a, a part of a positive to that situation, I guess, when – kids were at home or the school day wasn't as long or there wasn't really traveling for sports or anything. But we're not adapting. And, it, and we're not adapting because we're, we're in the throes of this brand new situation and we're all just doing what we have to do every day to get through the day. And it's important, it's very important that we step outside of it. Like in the business world, there's the ground level 
and then they teach you to look at the 30,000-foot uh, view because you see everything from 30,000 feet. You don't get no detail, but you can step outside of it and look at it and then kind of chop down and get to the 10,000-foot view all the way back to ground level. And that's where we are, what we need to do, you know. And we need to hear from you for what it is you need. If there, if any of those girls out there were in desperate need of something, I know for a fact you would want to sit and listen to it so that you could help, mm-hmm. so that you could support and those girls have your DNA, and they want to do the same. And they need to know that you're struggling. We as a family need to know, because then they're going to be more apt to open up and talk about where it is that they're struggling. And I can talk about where I'm struggling, because the traveling is wearing on me. I'm loving my job, um, but I love my family more. I know my traveling is not always going to be this way, I'm building something. Yeah, I don't the traveling isn't my problem. Well, it's it it hurts me to travel because and I know I know it's probably very nice for you to have some time and I don't take offense to this but to have some time where you can just close yourself off and be like just let me freaking be me for a minute. <laughs> um but this this is like the meat of the conversation here is like this is very important for us to do, and there are times where we do these things great, and then there's times where we get distracted, and we've had a lot to distract us lately, you know? Um, so if we, you know, maybe the first one isn't great, but we have to come together. We have to do this. It is imperative that not that we try, but that we do this, Um so that we can support you and then you, you in turn will be able to support them better because they will open up a little bit more and you're doing you're putting into the, the girls whether it's Ashlyn or Gracie trying with Hannah but that's a that is quite a battle right now um, which we knew it would be just in addition to what we're working through otherwise it makes it a bigger deal so we have to we have to do what we know is right and we're aware of it and now it's time to like implement it immediately so that you can talk through because i've i've always like one one of the messages i was speaking at church i went and stood in right in the middle of everybody you know there's two rows of people and i said okay I faced one row, and then my back was to the other row. I said, okay, you're all looking at the same Quincy. Everybody's looking at me. But according to where you're sitting, you all have a different perspective of me right now. And they have a different per- – they, they all see the situation that we're faced with. Every person in this house does. But they're all looking at a different vantage point they all have a different perspective of it so if we sit and we talk and you know you kind of vent a little bit or you know talk about those things maybe something does register and go you know what you're right like to like this morning where it's like you know what i'm the the acting chief down here and normally i have hannah make breakfast 
you know, for Hunter and Kiki or whatever, because Mo and I are doing our thing. And I, I failed this morning. It's just the way it is. I, I botched it. So I brought the family together. I apologized for it. I said, hey, let's, you know, make sure we do this. But this is the type of situation where we sit down and we talk about these things. And you, you'll vent a frustration. And then somebody else might say, yeah, but. <laughs> or, yeah, what about? You know what I'm saying? But we're not doing that because because the schedule is so demanding. So it's not like it's not like one of those things where it's like I haven't had the time to do this. No, this is time you create because it it is imperative. I see the emotion in you when it's like things are moving in our family and how do we deal with this? And we don't not addressing it head on and, and doing it as a family if there's any other way to do that then it's just going to continue in its current state but we you know months ago i'm telling us we you know we have to have grace for all these moments that are coming because there is a lot unknown and we're going to be making it up as we go because we moved 1400 miles away from the only certainty we ever had as a family was that that place where we were so now, tonight or tomorrow, it's an hour that we spend, and it's like, okay, everybody, please put your phone in the basket, and let's put a timer on, and let's just start with an hour of us talking and being fully concentrated on one another and talking about these things. When the timer goes off, if, if we're all, if things are going well, then we extend the conversation. If not... Or it's cranky, or we need to we need to pause. We pause. Then you take your phones back, and let's go on about our business. But at least, at least we can come together, and we can have this point to connect, and to express our appreciation and our frustrations, and then make a plan on how can we do something different, so that we all feel supported. Because you are supporting everybody. So who's supporting you? I try to do it in my own way. I know the girls do it in their way. And if we need to make some adjustments, then we make adjustments. And now they're aware of it. It's just like us being aware of something, you know. Because for all I know, maybe they're burnt out on watching Hunter and Kiki. And it, you know, when you worked in the professional world, when somebody's on burnout, they don't even do the basics because they just are, they're just burnt out, they're spent. Whatever time they are doing this, they it's like they're miserable, even if it's not miserable. So that's where we are and something we need to address very quickly. So they have a, a place to talk, you have a place to talk, I have a place to talk, and then we connect there. And we are present to the moment with one another. And that hour... Although it may be bumpy, that hour is going to put us on at least one step farther or closer on the path that we want to be on when it comes to our family. Because what we used to be is a thing of the past because they are growing and expanding and their life is changing. So now... We've got to figure out what the next version of that is, not just in our parenting with 18 and 19-year-olds, 
but how we exist together. We're, we're learning that. So that was a whole lot of words, but I'm confident we have to do that as a family to get ourselves on the right track. I agree. It's therapy. Huh. I feel like an F right now. What are you? Feel like you an F right now? What no, N F. Oh. Therapy session. <laughs> well. All right. Proof that we don't have it all together. We just have a podcast. It's <laughs> this is just real life, you yeah. know, honey. It's yeah. just. It just is what it is. <laughs> We've only ever been real, you know. That's and that's all. That's all we're gonna be. It's what I promised, and I'm I'm gonna follow through on that, like I do my best to follow through on everything else. Oh my gosh! Seventy six minutes. Jesus, take the wheel. All right. That has been this episode of Man versus Marriage. Anything you want to say, honey? Nope. Okay. She's Gina Moran. I'm Quincy Moran. This is Man vs. Marriage. <laughs>